0: to Carnivore Conversations, a podcast exploring the benefits of keto, carnivore, intermittent feasting, and other lifestyle hacks. Each week, we'll be interviewing a special guest from the keto carnivore community and so much more. This is your host, board certified and practicing physician, Dr. Robert Kiltz. Well, hello, everyone. Dr. Rob Kiltz on our live today and talking with Robert Orion Sykes, uh, Keto Savage. and really excited to have him on. He's interviewed me, and I really enjoy talking with him. I enjoy his website and so much education and inspiration. And uh, even Lady Savage is something that we have to talk about, I think, at some point and get a little bit more in. So uh, welcome, Robert. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing wonderfully. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you.
0: Well, we're here to listen and learn so much of what you've experienced in this uh, keto journey. And uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into this uh, keto world and uh, the health and wellness uh, physical improvement, life improvement, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I've been been natural bodybuilding for about 14 years now and did the standard bro diet approach. I bulked up, I cut down. Um, and I, I saw success with that, but it wasn't sustainable. And I didn't, it wasn't healthy. I developed a bunch of disordered eating tendencies, uh, so I was looking for an alternative that was healthier. And I uh, kind of stumbled upon keto by accident in 2015. I want to say mm-hmm. um, I was doing carbohydrate backloading, which was developed by John Keeford. It's basically keto during the day and then a bunch of carbs at night. Mm-hmm. And I found that I felt better without the carbs, so I did carb backloading without carbs, which, lo and behold, is pretty much keto. Um, and then I pretty much haven't looked back since. I earned my pro card status in 2017 with a strict ketogenic approach, and uh, that's pretty much what I do now. I've been keto now for about seven years, I believe.
0: Wow, and and how do you think it's changed your life and uh, how you feel and, and just how you live in general?
1: Yeah, so for me, like it, it really corrected my disordered eating tendencies with the foods that I was consuming. I had a really bad relationship with food. Post-competition, I would you know, binge on everything in sight and purge. And I didn't really feel that tendency to do that. Once I adopted a ketogenic diet, I didn't have the guilt associated with eating crappy foods because I was eating quality foods. Um, and my, I was able to just moderate my, my intake much better. And my composition stayed within a healthy window, even post show, uh, with the ketogenic approach. So that was a step in the right direction. And, um, since then, it's pretty much just been much more sustainable for me. My health markers have all improved. My hormone levels have all improved. My performance in the gym has gotten significantly better over the years. Less inflammation, so I can train more frequently. Uh, so, yeah, from a bodybuilding standpoint, it's been, it's been really good for me.
0: And what do you mean by natural bodybuilding? Is that, I think you use the term natural. So tell me a little bit about that because we're, we're in the fertility world mostly, but it's health and wellness for everyone in order to be more fertile. Um, So maybe can introduce these these, uh, concepts.
1: So when most people hear the word bodybuilding, they think of those like massive guys on the cover of you know muscle and fitness magazines, and I've got a lot of respect for those individuals. They put in a lot of work, but those individuals are definitely using performance enhancing drugs, uh, pretty much all kinds of drugs, in order to achieve that super physiological level of size and conditioning. Uh, natural bodybuilding is a sport in which you're doing the sport of bodybuilding, but it's an uh, under all tested sanctions. So all the federations that are natural, they do some form of um, urinalysis testing or polygraph testing to ensure that all the athletes are not taking performance enhancing drugs. There's a pretty extensive banned substance list. Uh-huh. Uh, if you, if you indulge in any of those substances, depending on the federation, you may be banned for the sport from for 10 years or better. So uh, for me being a natural athlete, I've pretty much just stuck with, good, clean foods and avoided all the super supplements, so to speak.
0: So no uh, crazy uh, uh, powders and things which kind of have uh, substances that may be, I guess, anabolic or androgenic. Is that is that kind of where it is?
1: Yeah. I mean, pretty much my only supplementation is like creatine, vitamin D, and an occasional protein powder. So very clean as far as supplements go. Um, I mean, some of the different federations are incredibly strict on their banned substance list. Like they won't even allow you to do uh, you know, healthy doses of HRT therapy for people that are testing below normal levels. Like you can't just simply bump that up to what is quote unquote normal, because when you diet down for a show and your calories are lower, your natural testosterone levels are also going to drop as well. So if you're taking, uh, you know, TRT as a supplement and you're just maintaining a healthy, normal baseline, that's kind of abnormal in the context of a prep. So they ban you for that as well.
0: So a lot of what you're sharing is sort of more of a natural approach to health and wellness. And, and in your case, you're in the bodybuilding uh, arena, which has is, is kind of grown the area that you're, you're focusing in. Tell me a little bit about Keto Savage, where that came from and how you started your, your website and all the things that you're doing and sharing.
1: Yeah. So when I was, when I started doing keto in 2015, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. There wasn't really much information about keto at that time. So I was just documenting my journey. I wasn't really speaking from a place of authority. I was just simply sharing what I was doing, what I was testing out and, you know, letting people know if it was working or not. Uh, when I did my 2017 prep and earned my pro status, that was all with a ketogenic approach. And I documented that whole journey as well. And that garnered a lot of interest because people couldn't believe that I was, you know, achieving the conditioning that I had achieved without carbohydrates, without any of the things that people said you have to have in the sport of bodybuilding. So that gained some, some traction, some momentum. And then since then, I've just been really adamant about getting that information out there because I think it's a healthier alternative to what is currently in place and mainstream in the sport. So started the podcast, started the YouTube channel, and I've just been putting out content you know, nonstop for the past seven years alongside my wife, Crystal. Uh, so yeah, we've just been you know putting that information out there.
0: Lady Savage, uh, along with you, has some really great uh, podcasts that can be found on Apple. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. All the, I mean, my podcast, the Keto Savage podcast, is where all podcasts are downloaded. She's been on my uh, show several times. She doesn't have her own branded podcast, but she does a lot of the shows with me.
0: And you guys all, you have a book, I know. Tell us a little about your book and what the focus is.
1: Yeah. So the book is basically a, you know, a, a, A consummation of all that I've learned over the past seven years as a ketogenic natural bodybuilder. So I've worked with several clients over that time uh, and basically everything that I've learned for myself and what I've learned in working with those clients, I put into this book to basically make a blueprint for anybody that's wanting to step on stage and improve their composition via a ketogenic approach or carnivore. I mean, they kind of go hand in hand with the way I wrote the book. Um, And honestly, like my principles, like most of my clients aren't competitive athletes. Uh, The principles apply whether you're stepping on stage or just simply wanting to lose body fat and preserve as much lean tissue as possible. So the principles are honestly pretty, uh, pretty applicable to people that are not competing as well.
0: And so you do coaching, what, who comes to you for coaching in general? And what uh, is the average sort of coaching things that you talk about?
1: It's interesting, man. Like my brand, like my whole website, it's all bodybuilding. Like it's all masculine. Mm-hmm. It's all, you know, dark red and black and like savage. Uh, But most of my clients are probably middle-aged females, which is is funny to me. It's interesting how that works out. But I've got a pretty broad array of clientele. I mean, they all just come to me wanting to improve their composition via a ketogenic or carnivore diet. Some of them are wanting to step on stage, so I coach them through that process as well. I've had a lot of people that have come to me that have been chronically under-eating, and they've heard me talk about the importance of reverse dieting to ramp up your metabolic rate and improve hormone function – prior to going into a deficit again. So I feel like I get a lot of clients that are wanting to go in that direction, because that's not something that's talked about near enough.
0: So, you know, I, what I loved about your your uh, information and your energy, it's just, it's uh, natural and and real. It, it's sort of coming from your experience by doing it. And I'm yeah. sure that's such an important thing, because uh, an expert, you know, we're looking for experts in life, but more and more, I'm looking for people who have experience and have done it and lived it as the most important thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't have any, any acronyms behind my name. I don't have an MD, PhD, or any of that stuff. But uh, I, I definitely practice what I preach. And I'm a boots-on-the-ground kind of guy, and I've worked with over 500 clients. I've replicated the process that I've done for myself with them. Uh, so I've got a pretty proven track record, I feel. And people – I mean, I love what I do. Like being a coach and working with clients on the front line keeps me sharp. So I'm constantly learning as they're learning and figuring out, you know, what's what's new and improved, what's better, um, you know, how we can go about this more efficiently, more effectively. So coaching is something I'm super passionate about.
0: So do you see a lot of uh, women and men that are looking for weight loss also uh, uh, or, or just is, does it all go hand in hand, weight loss and sort of bodybuilding?
1: So, I always like to tell people whether they compete or not to think of it in terms of having two objectives, like you've got a building phase and you've got a cutting phase. Um, You know, generally when people hear that, they assume you have to blow up and put on a bunch of unnecessary weight in the building phase, but that's not the case. You can keep it within a healthy window, but you're going to optimize building more muscle tissue if you're in a caloric surplus, so you know, ideally optimizing for that in a building phase is going to be kind of juxtaposed to a cutting phase in which you're optimizing for losing fat loss because you you can build muscle and lose fat simultaneously, but you're not really going to optimize for either if you're trying to do both at the same time, because by definition to really make the most of your building phase, you need to be in a caloric surplus. So you've got enough nutrients coming in, in a surplus to build more tissue. And then if you're in a cutting phase, you ideally need to be in a deficit. Uh, So that's not going to be the optimal state for building muscle tissue, but it will be for burning fat.
0: Well, see, I'm 66 this year and, and, uh, I don't, I don't do much in the way weights or exercise and things like that. What are your general recommendations for, you know, how frequently and how much you know, should you be uh, lifting, uh, and what type and, and then I guess, where does food come in in, in quality, quantity and frequency? Yes,
1: yeah, so that's gonna be highly individualized. I mean, I personally train about six days a week, um, But, I mean, anything is better than nothing. So, if somebody's wanting to just, you know, do three days a week of training, you know, we can structure a good push-pull leg routine with them. That way, they're hitting all the muscle groups uh, with, you know, at least a single unit of frequency during the week so that they're stimulating that muscle to grow and preserve that lean tissue. As far as food is concerned, uh, you know, everybody's macronutrient age is going to be a little bit different, but I'd recommend all my clients eat higher quality foods when, you know, given the option, obviously. Um, And then I typically follow and recommend a ketogenic diet, which I would define as, you know, single ingredient, wholesome natural foods uh, with higher dietary fats, optimal levels of protein and very minimal carbohydrates. So you're not going to see me recommending a bunch of rice or potatoes or anything like that to my clientele.
0: How, how frequently do you, do you eat and what do you typically eat in a day? Or so
1: a day? I do about two, two meals a day typically. Um, and that's I mean for me, I can eat, I eat about 30, 3,300 calories is my maintenance or slight surplus for me. When I transition into a deficit for a cutting period, I'll drop that down over the course of four to six months to about 1700 calories, very gradually and very strategically. Uh, and when I get to the lower caloric intake, I'll wind up condensing that to like an OMAD meal. Because for me personally, from my physiological and psychological standpoint, I find eating one large meal in the context of those lower calories is more satiating than having multiple smaller meals sprinkled throughout the day that always leave me wanting more. So I'll do an OMAD approach in that context.
0: So uh, what are your thoughts on, do you have any particular thoughts on vegetables and fruits and seeds and nuts? Uh, uh, or when, Because I know keto pretty much can almost include anything but it's typically a higher mm-hmm. fat. What, what are your thoughts on any particular food groups in in the ketogenic that you discuss and, and share
1: with people, yeah. So it's interesting, man. Like the keto space has evolved so much over the past few years. I mean, you've got, yeah. you know, in the beginning, it was like people were scared of protein, so they, they thought it was going to you know, turn into chocolate cake once it entered entered their bloodstream, so they avoided protein. That's not really good. Now it's like protein's given a halo, so everybody's eating protein ad nauseum, uh, and it's like there, there's people just assume that you can't. Overconsume protein, but that's not really the truth either if you're trying to optimize from a fat-adapted standpoint. So there's a sweet spot for everybody, and everybody's going to have a unique protein threshold. I don't typically recommend fruits because in the context of a ketogenic diet and optimizing for fat metabolism, fruits don't really play that much of a role. Uh, I will include some vegetables just simply because I like the taste of some vegetables, but I mean, I could do what I do on a pretty much carnivore approach, and the result would be pretty much the same. I don't feel like I'm experiencing any benefit from a performance standpoint with the inclusion of vegetables i just like the you know change in palate every once in a while but i, I would define my personal diet as like a like keto i guess is the word to describe it. i mean pretty much ketogenic i mean I, I consider carnivore like a subset of keto um and the beauty of ketogenic diet is that it gives me a little bit more variety as far mm-hmm. as like different fat sources and things of that nature and at Different points in my prep will have a higher fat ratio, so being able to tap into certain oils and things of that nature that I'm not going to get if I'm just eating strict carnivore has been advantageous for me.
0: We're getting lots of good questions. Let's see, Jeff Ferguson talks about using gymnastic rings uh, for a few few months. What's your thoughts on, do you have any particular thoughts on, on uh, I guess, gymnastics versus weights? I guess one is you know, using our own body weight and things like that.
1: Gymnastic rings are no joke. I I don't personally train with them a lot, but I have and they're they're humbling for sure. So, I mean, I would I mean, from a flexibility, from a mobility, from like a, you know, self-awareness standpoint of what you're able to do with your own body weight. I feel like being being apt at uh, using those rings is a good skill to have.
0: And so what's your general uh, routine in a, you know, in a week when it comes to uh Weights or lifting and things, or you, or or one is getting ready for, I'm sure, uh, a a show, I guess, uh, and the other is just, you know, maintenance and things like that.
1: Yeah, so there's not really a maintenance phase that I have. I'm either building or cutting. Um, So my weight training honestly doesn't really change that much between a building phase and a cutting phase. My cardio does and my nutrition does. I'll scale up the cardio quite a bit as I'm cutting for a show. But from a weight training standpoint, I I tend to hold that pretty constant. I'm I'm trying to progressively overload the muscle and lift heavier throughout my lifting career so that I've I've given my body reason to grow and build more muscle tissue. Um, But I typically follow – Uh, basically what I've done, I've, I've built an eight day rotational split in which I'm training six days for every eight day window in those eight days. Each muscle group is getting hit twice. Uh, one of those times is more of a heavy focus. So fewer reps, heavier weights. And then the other day is more of a hypertrophy focus with a little bit more repetition, a little bit lighter weight. So I'm targeting the muscle in different ways and kind of covering both ends of the spectrum. And that level of frequency with a two times a week per muscle group has worked pretty well for me over the years. So the
0: the the cutting is I'm assuming losing the, some of the fat mm-hmm. uh, in order to sh- uh, uh, show contour more than anything, and then yeah. the other is the building the muscle itself. So is and, and is building the muscle more of uh, heavier shorter reps? Uh, is that or the- so? It's
1: it's interesting. I don't I don't know where the um this this notion of if you want to tone you got to lift lighter and more reps came from, but. Ideally I like to lift uh heavy year round whether I'm in a building phase or a cutting phase. That's that's going to be the main driver that gives the body reason to grow and build more muscle tissue. And what's interesting is in the the context of a caloric deficit, your body is looking for ways to uh you know preserve preserve its existence basically. And if you're eating fewer calories and you're not using that muscle, if you're not demanding it still lift that heavy weight because you've switched to lifting lighter weight at higher reps, then your body's going to be more likely to tap into that lean tissue uh, to make up for that void that's been stripped from lower calories. So you want to continue to lift heavy even in the context of a lower intake, um, which is kind of counterintuitive, but that's one of the best things you can do to preserve the lean muscle tissue you have. So I always advocate for lifting heavy, uh, but not so heavy to the point where you're sacrificing form and risking injury. I mean, you want to lift as heavy as you can uh, safely and sustainably.
0: So what do you think the value of a coach versus, hey, I'm just going to do this on my own and I'm going to be fine in all of this? Any any thoughts and ideas on how to inspire people?
1: Yeah, so the first show I did, I bulked up to 230 pounds, and then I gave myself 12 weeks to cut down for the show. I lost 80 pounds in 12 weeks, and I did all of that on my own doing uh, without a coach. And then after that show was over, which I won, I had no direction, so I put on 20 pounds in 24 hours after that. It was all unhealthy. That's what kind of led me down this disordered eating spiral of negative emotions with food uh, and just really bad health for several years. So I think especially when you're doing a show for the first time or just doing something as extreme as a you know, body composition change like this, having somebody that's been there and done that and has the perspective and then can give you the guidance is incredibly valuable because then you don't have to spend your time wondering and guessing and just Fear of the unknown will, is is crippling. So if you can have somebody that knows and points you in the right direction, you can just feel confident in those decisions.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I think uh, with uh, YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and and uh, your like your your site with coaching that we all need someone to kind of help us along. My my favorite class in 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 high school was my my weightlifting class, mm-hmm. and uh, it was five days a week, and it was just a great coaching and always having someone sort of. Uh, uh, you know giving us some some direction and, and motivate and then seeing others mm-hmm. that are, are are building and keep you moving moving forward so uh, tell us how people can find you
1: yeah so if they type in keto savage on instagram or if they type in ketosavage.com they'll find me um that's that's where all my platforms live so they type in keto savage they shouldn't have any trouble finding me
0: and you do uh, what other type of things? I know you do some 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 cooking things with your 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 wife, which I was watching. I found very interesting and uh, uh, and looked like a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, we do recipes. So like we, we do a, a lot of content. We have like AMA videos, ask me anything videos. We do recipe videos. Uh, we're gonna do more training tutorial videos. We've got several different businesses. So we built this keto brick business, which is a uh, middle replacement bar. That's, you know, ketogenic. Um, we have an apparel line that we're starting working on that. And then we just are going to keep educating the public about how to optimize their composition via the ketogenic diet. So lots of stuff in the pipeline.
0: So what would you, now, so I'm in the fertility space, and I'm helping those that are suffering from infertility, men and women, um, uh, and women and women and men and men and, and, and singles also on both sides. Uh, Any any sort of uh, inspirational thoughts and ideas how to get them in moving into the space of uh, of light bodybuilding and keto and and all these sort of areas?
1: Yeah. So from a fertility standpoint, from a health and hormonal standpoint, two massive mistakes I see people make is constantly and chronically eating at a deficit that's going to have a that's going to wreak havoc on hormonal health um, and your metabolism and then not eating enough dietary fat so if you cover both those bases that's going to put you in the right direction from a nutritional standpoint and then from a bodybuilding standpoint i mean not everybody's going to be a bodybuilder and step on stage and that's totally fine but everybody's going to benefit from building and preserving more lean muscle tissue more more mass in that regard so uh, anybody is going to benefit from You're stimulating those muscles, whether they go into a gym and do it there or just simply are active outside and, you know, moving the body like that. That's key right there. So anybody is going to going to benefit and and take something positive from that.
0: I think what you said is actually we're all stepping up on stage. That's what life is all about. Absolutely. Everything that you're sharing is helping us step on stage. And and uh, I think part of this isn't necessarily what we look like. It's how we feel as much as anything. And that I think that it, just doing uh, the the bodybuilding exercise makes you feel better mm-hmm. in so many ways in the keto and the peril and and all these ideas that I think are really inspirational and and helpful uh, uh, what about mental uh, uh, support and and uh, uh, building a, a mental attitude for all this what's your thoughts and ideas and how do you how do you uh, help in that area you know?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the the mindset aspect. Like I I define bodybuilding as being more of a mental sport than a physical one, which is kind of counterintuitive because you see everybody up on stage flexing, but it's very much so a mental sport. Uh, it's it's the epitome of discipline and dedication and consistency over months and months and months. I mean, anybody can be a rock star in the gym, you know, one day. Anybody can be a rock star with their hitting their nutritional goals for one day, but doing so without fail for four to five to six months is the hard part. So being able to talk with these people and and kind of tell them why they're doing this, keep rem- reminding them of what their why is, and then telling them that, hey, look, you can be able to use these, these, these skills, these attributes long into your life, long past the show date is, is key. So playing the long game and, and doing that beyond the show, but just with your life, like playing the long game in life and having a focus towards longevity and, and living a quality life is paramount.
0: So what's been your most uh, difficult uh, experience in this uh, keto uh, uh, lifestyle endeavor?
1: I mean, when I first started out, man, I was broke. I was a quarter million dollars in debt, had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And I was working a corporate job that I didn't like. So I quit that corporate job, uh, found Crystal, we hit it off. And then we both just asked ourselves what it is that we're passionate about and living a healthy lifestyle and paying it forward and, and instructing and inspiring and educating others how to do something similar has been my life's most fulfilling you know, purpose. So I'm super passionate about the space. I'm super passionate about the people and the community. Um, so it, it was definitely hard in the beginning, but I look back at my life now and it's like it's all been like it's a dream that I'm living. I mean, I live in my my, my best life every single day. Well,
0: that's exciting. Tell us a little about Crystal and, uh, and Lady Savage and, and how that sort of uh, uh, fits in with, with what you're doing.
1: Yeah. So I was keto first. She wasn't, uh, she was struggling with a whole bunch of gastric issues. Like she had a bunch of GI issues, slow transit, irritable bowel, all this stuff. Um, and the doctors that she was seeing were basically giving her a pre-diabetic diet of, you know, sugar water. Uh, so we switched her over to keto and that worked well for her. Uh, she did a show actually proposed to her on stage when she won her show. So that's kind of how we came to be in that regard um and then she's been putting that information as well kind of catered towards females specifically she's actually pregnant uh we're having her first kid i mean honestly man any day now like she's uh 38 weeks this week so we're probably going to be having a baby here in, in no time and she's been totally ketogenic throughout her whole pregnancy very healthy pregnancy no issues she's been training every single day she was doing squats today uh so i mean yeah she's been a rock star
0: so she's been keto through, throughout the pregnancy. How's how's that working for her?
1: Perfect, man. The The baby's healthy. We go in, see with our midwife like every week, and they get the heart rate. I mean, everything's moving right along like it should. Uh, nice, healthy weight gain. She's still got total mobility. Uh, she had really, honestly hasn't really had any of the issues that oftentimes plague people through pregnancy. Like she had a little bit of morning sickness for like three weeks in her first trimester, uh, but because she's been so consistent with her nutrition, I think it's honestly one of the main reasons. I mean, she has not had near the issues that most people talk about throughout their pregnancy. I mean, she's been feeling great the whole way through.
0: Is she getting a lot of support from her practitioners on, on all of this? Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So we're kind of going the hippie route, I guess you could say. I mean, we're doing a home birth. Uh, we've got a midwife. We've kind of avoided the, uh, the main hospital scene quite a bit. So, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, the midwife's been super supportive and we have like a lot of our friends like Jamie Seaman is one of my clients and she's a, a known OBGYN in the keto carnivore space. And she's been checking off as well and said, Hey, look, everything you're doing is right. Keep doing it. So uh, we're just rocking and rolling.
0: Well, that's, that's one of the things that we're really emphasizing. That's a whole part of these conversations, inspiring people, seeing other women doing it uh, and, and how men are, are, are thriving on this, on this plan in, in so many ways And we're live today, let's see, uh, Christy, Samara, let's see, Jen, uh, and some of the fertility questions, and uh, Mrs. K from Missouri, uh, Vanessa, lots of really great support groups here. How do people find uh, the sort of the support groups uh, through your uh, website and things like that? What what type of village and tribe have you developed?
1: Yeah, so actually, um, I've got a really active Instagram, and I'm, you know, constantly responded to people on dms on that we have a facebook page it's called team savage and then i've got a a facebook group that i just recently started and it's called uh, ketogenic natural bodybuilding so that's my own facebook group uh so yeah and then just through all the different social platforms and honestly through email as well people can contact me via email and i respond to all that so I, i love plugging in and connecting and communicating with the with the people so no issues there
0: and tell us a little about your 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 uh clothing line and and uh and things like that
1: yeah so with with the bricks with the keto brick business that's that's our main flagship business so we've got several employees there we, we keep all the production in-house and in doing that in keeping all the production in-house like we have a big warehouse facility and it's like you know what we've got this apparel that we want to start too but rather than outsourcing that and getting it all from china or someplace you know let's just do all that ourselves too. So I just bought a whole bunch of screen printing equipment. We're going to be making all of our own shirts in-house as well. So everything that we do, we pretty much do with our own hands. So I like, I like the process. I like the behind the scenes.
0: And we need to do more in-house for sure. And uh, that's, that's really important for us to be creative uh, in our day. Uh, so often We're just going off doing someone else's work and not doing our, our creative work for ourselves. Would you say?
1: Totally agree. Totally agree. I think this is like the apparel is kind of where my creative outlet is going to be. I think. I mean, I've got a lot of different legs in the business, but I'm excited to dive into that for sure.
0: And and uh, so so in in the, what's next for you guys? Where where are you guys uh, looking at? And I'm i I'm, I'm talking to you, and maybe is is Crystal is part of this story. I, it seems like in the in the Savage brand.
1: Yeah. So we actually uh, just built out another site, another brand that we're going to be launching. Probably going to launch it next year. But um, we're going to build this Live Savage brand out, and it's going to encompass a lot more than just nutrition. It's going to encompass our, our, our basically five main pillars that we feel kind of pour into our lives and has this symbiotic relationship so everything improves. So those five main pillars being spirituality, health, wealth, uh, what is it? relationships, and self-development. So all the things that we do in life, like we're going to start getting into homesteading, raising all our own food. You know, I do a lot of hunting. So like explaining how to kill a deer, process a deer, cook the deer, like all aspects of life um, in those five pillars, that's going to become what a lot of the content is going forward. So super excited about that. Like our parenting strategy, all of that.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about how you incorporate spirituality and what you, how do you talk about the integrate that in your coaching and health and wellness?
1: Yeah. So honestly, man, it's been a journey for me. Like Crystal, Crystal was raised very religious. I was not uh, at all. So I, I kind of take what i what I've learned in nutrition, which is basically bringing people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds and just figuring out why they think they wait they do with nutrition, and then doing a bunch of self experimentation that's what i'm gonna be doing with regard to spirituality as well so I've been just reading everything I can get my hands on I've been like reading reading the bible reading everything I want to bring a whole bunch of people onto my podcast uh, i have se- i'm gonna have a separate podcast for this this brand and I'm gonna bring on people from all walks of life like you know evolutionary biologist. I'm going to bring on Buddhist monks. I'm going to bring on uh, pastors. I'm going to bring on everybody and just pick their brain as to why they think the way they do. Cause I feel like these are all questions that people want to learn more about. So having a place where they can go and just, you know, be a fly on the wall for all these conversations I think will be worthwhile.
0: And so faith is such an important thing in life. And I, I, I really, uh, um, talk a lot about it in medicine we don't talk much about faith and spirituality and it doesn't have to be religion either it's 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 all natural for humanity and an instinct that's that's really uh important for all of us
1: yeah i agree totally
0: uh and tell us a little bit about where your your food and uh and uh, nutritional uh, cookbooks and things like that are going
1: yeah, so I don't really have a cookbook per, per se, but like on the, the website, we have a big, you know, Keto Savage Kitchen. So lots of uh, recipes and whatnot. And with the the Live Savage Homesteading brand, I just want to bring people along from like, you know, square one, like how you grow a garden, what you grow in that garden, how you shoot a deer, how you process that deer and put your food on the table. Because I think, you know, being self-sufficient and self-sustainable is is key. That's something I'm super passionate about. And so really just peeling the curtain back and showing people, you know, from steps A to Z how The food that you procure lands on your plate is is something I'm really excited about putting out there. Uh,
0: And so tell us a little about uh, treats and desserts. Uh, What are your thoughts on on that?
1: I don't eat treats and desserts. I mean, it's literally been seven years since I've had a carbohydrate meal. I mean, the the ketogenic diet is something I'm passionate about, something that's given me my health and fulfillment. Same is true for Crystal. So we eat high-quality foods. I mean, the the keto brick that we have is a very high-quality bar. Um, there's no filler ingredients in there. But the vast majority of my calories is coming from good, wholesome, single ingredient, nutrient-dense foods, uh, animal-based foods. So that's that's where my – I hate to say that's where my bread and butter is because there's no bread. But uh, that's pretty much what makes up vast majority of my nutrition.
0: Steak and eggs.
1: Yeah, steak and eggs. There you oh, go. No,
0: steak and butter. Uh, tell us a little about who inspires you most in this arena of keto. And,
1: uh, yeah, uh, honestly, man, who inspires me most is just – the, the people that I speak with, I mean, every single day I get an email from someone that's totally turned their health around, lost 100 pounds, reversed their diabetes, improved their relationship with their kid because they can now get up and play with their kid. Like Those are the people that inspire me. The people that are not the ones with the massive ins- Instagram followings, the, just the everyday folks uh, that are just living their life and improving their health. So for me to be able to pour back into the community and give to them and for them to have the, you know, the want to contact me, send me an email and say, Hey, look, Robert, something you said in the podcast, inspired me something that you did on a YouTube video, inspired me like those people. I mean, that's my oxygen right there. So being able to give back to them, that's, that's, that's what brings me a smile.
0: And so uh, what do you, what, what's your excitement about becoming a father? How's that feeling for you?
1: It's crazy, man. I don't even know what to think. Um, you know, I, this be our first kid, so I have nothing to really compare it to, but, um, you know, like she's 38 weeks in now. So, I mean, I can, I can see him moving all the time. I can feel, uh, you know, her stomach and feel him moving. And just to think that, you know, I made another human with my wife, who's my best friend in life. And we're going to, you know, raise this, this little guy. I mean, it's, it's, I I don't have the words, man. I'll I'll need to check back in with me in about a month. I'll be able to answer that question better.
0: (laughs) And, and tell us a little bit about, uh, hunting. And, uh, you know, I talk a lot about, uh, carnivore and, and a meat, fatty meat based, based, uh, uh meals. Uh, but obviously uh, someone has to, have um, hunted or raised that and, and processed it. Um, you've been a hunter for a long time. Uh, tell us a little bit about how it feels to be a hunter and, um, processing the animal.
1: I love it, man. I mean, my, my dad's, um, my dad's a biologist. We have a a big farm in our in our family that's been passed down from for five generations now, mm-hmm. and it's uh, that's where we go for Thanksgiving. That's where we do all of our hunting. We have you know deer camp there, um, and then we 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 have like that's a bonding experience for all the people in the family that hunt there. But then to to hunt to take a life and you know be there and, and respect the animal and practice so that you put a well placed shot on that animal, but then to consume that animal with i mean there's there's been many a day where i've shot a deer and then was cooking that deer within 30 minutes i mean i mean you don't get that anywhere else so to be to be such a integral part of the circle of life so much that you are the reason for another's death it makes you appreciate life all the more uh so hunting is something i'm very passionate about i feel like there's a lot of misunderstanding around hunting a lot of people don't understand the benefit to it but from a from a ecosystem standpoint you're going to be able to perfect and, you know, protect that habitat in a healthy manner by culling the herd, by making sure that it's not getting overpopulated, by, you know, managing it properly. And to to be able to do so and then use that as an outlet to nourish your body and nourish the, your family uh, is something that I think more people should should dive into.
0: Tell us a little about organ meats and things. What are your thoughts on organ meats?
1: Yeah, so I'm a big fan of organ meats. Um, I like, like what I like to do with, with deer, uh, especially as I'll get all the organ meats like the heart, liver, all that good stuff and then I'll grind that up with like bacon as well because deer is pretty lean um, mm-hmm. incredibly lean so I'll grind all that up with ground venison all the venison organ meats and then like bacon or a fatty or a ground beef as well